This episode of the Damage Guild podcast is sponsored by listeners like you. Join the guild at patreon.com slash damage guild to receive exclusive perks, member rewards, and bonus content. Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. You could easily find musicians anywhere you decided to look. We'll have one playing tonight, I believe. Do you know the name of this group? Skelumber. I sidle up to Skelumber. My friends and I are new to town here. We're wondering if there's other big acts traveling around the area. Felmindar the Fantastic. You might have better luck if you looked for him in Ransdell. We can't just kill him. We have to get the evidence first. There's a cantrip in code that's. If you also have have detect thoughts, then you can pull it out of their head. So we have to somehow get that cantrip and detect thoughts before we fight him. We are going to scour the city of Raystergon for items, scrolls, anything that can cast one or both of these two spells. So the three of you set off in search of magic in the city, hopefully finding someone who will be able to sell you what it is you need to complete your quest. Probably going to be some super shifty, shady dealer. I mean, think about these spells we're asking for: mind magic, manipulation. Will <laughs> be some guy on the street with a wearing a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> You want some of this? The two are more shysty working together than they are individually, right? Like, it's like when you, you're building a bomb and you buy all the individual ingredients and they're just like, you know, household cleaning solution and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so it's, everything's normal. You um, buy them all separate. Yeah, until you combine them together and then it looks <laughs> super shady. Yeah. Right. No, that's true. I mean, like, maybe we'll get these spells from two completely different places. But, right. yeah, I mean, I guess if we were truly doing something evil with these spells, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're not. But we're not. We're doing something good. It's all in the name of truth and justice. Yeah. Yes. The American way. <laughs> the American way. And the Merengian way. <laughs> we're the good guys this time. I'm pretty sure. That's right. <laughs> we're pretty sure we're the good guys now, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, we're all the heroes of our own story, Tokus. <laughs> but really, you guys are the heroes of my story. I mean, <laughs> we're all the heroes of my story. <laughs> yeah. We're also the heroes of Tokus' story. I mean, fighting against the cult, so. That's true. Couldn't have picked a better team. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't have picked a more dedicated team, certainly. True. You have scoured the town, spent as much time as you thought prudent here to find sources of magic, and all that you've managed to come across is one small shop that has someone who knows the spell, at least. Is it in Diagon Alley? (laughs) (laughs) No. Dodecahedron Alley. (laughs) Dodecahedron Alley. (laughs) And seems willing to write you a scroll, or maybe a couple of scrolls with it. Copy it into your spell book. Yeah. You can't do that, unfortunately. <laughs> Question, if you have one scroll of a spell, can you... I know it costs money, but can you make more copies of that spell without actually knowing it yourself, using the scroll to make another copy of the scroll? So you just want us to make a photocopy of the scroll he's made for us? <laughs> yeah, like a handwritten <laughs> photocopy. No, you have to know the spell or have it prepared. Or... Okay, so... We would have to get a number of copies of that scroll from this person that we would want, because we wouldn't be able to copy it ourselves thereafter. Right. Okay. 
I mean, how many do we need to do the deed? Two? Yeah, how do scrolls work in 5e? Is there, like, the chance to successfully cast thing, like, from Pathfinder? Is there a bungle chance? A spell failure chance? <laughs> Pretty sure in Pathfinder you would, like, read a scroll, and there was, like, a 50% chance that it just doesn't work, and then it disintegrates. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so terrible. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's 50%, but there is... I remember that from uh, Glass Cannon. Oh, wow. Yeah, spell failure check or something. Dang. Yeah, <laughs> that's so bad. You must have gotten a lot of scrolls in Pathfinder for them to like have such a high failure rate. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the magic item output in Pathfinder is very high. Mm-hmm. I tend to just disregard scrolls and never use them mm-hmm. just because of that fact. In this case, all it needs to be is a spell on your spell list and of a level that you can cast, and then you can cast it without any chance of failure. Okay. And it's a one-time use? Yes. Okay. It's a wizard spell, correct? Which would mean that it's technically on Tokus's spell list. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's super cool. The second paragraph, if you cast the spell while concentrating on a spell or an ability that allows you to read or manipulate the thoughts of others, such as detect thoughts or modify memory, you can transform the thoughts or memories you read rather than your own into a thought strand. Which is what we want. Didn't we run into an issue, though, with the fact that Brian's the one with this spell due to the crown? Mm, And you're the one who can cast encode thoughts. And I'm the one with the ability to do encode thoughts. You're right. Right. We did. Also, I just noticed that the thought that you pull out only persists for the duration of the spell, which is eight hours. So you'd have to do it. Transfer it quickly. Mm. Okay, so if this isn't going to work, then we need to come at this from a different angle. Perhaps we discover what Felmendar loves, and we use it against him. Hmm. Like any good heroes would. That's very lawful good of you, Shava. Yes. (laughs) So, for example, let's say that he loves Nalia. Let's say that his love for her is genuine. Could we not get to Nalia? Could we devise a plan wherein, as though you hold Nalia at knife point and threaten to kill her unless... Felmendar confesses, but she's in on it the whole time. Felmendar mm. wouldn't believe it. Doesn't Felmendar know that Aslo loves her? Yes, but Aslo could pretend to be the je- the jealous, uh, you know, ex who's acting acting crazy. Out, yeah, acting crazy out of jealousy. Like if you can't have her, no one can. Yes, right. Yeah. Or if I can't there have her, go. no one can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have to ask. Like, you have to act like a crazy person, like a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Right. No problem. I do that every day. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if we're not going to do it by magical means, then we need to take an angle like that. It's like we need to roleplay or something. Yeah, it's almost like we need to roleplay instead of relying on magic to fix everything. <laughs> but we could use suggestion, though. I, actually, I was trying to look up whether that would actually work. Because assuming that he fails the save, that target pursues the course of action you described to the best of its ability, which can be up to a sentence or two. So the suggestion can be, tell the truth about how you were involved in Lady Gronwald's death. Mm -hmm. That's very specific. Yeah. Yes. Might be hard for him to worm his way out, the worm that he is. Yet another problem with the encode thoughts is, in order to read that, you also need to cast encode thoughts again. So you'd have to have someone else that you would give another scroll to that would then cast a spell and read the thoughts, and then mm. it gets very complicated. Right. We'd have to find somebody who's a wizard or of the wizard type. Right, because it's not like Encode Thoughts produces a film reel. Physical. Mm. That everybody can watch. It produces a thought strand that can only be read 
with a similar spell or with the same spell. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think suggestion is looking a lot better. Yeah. This was a cool thought, though, like combining this spell with this spell and then... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if detect thoughts and encode thoughts won't work, then we have the we still have the Nalia angle or the suggestion angle, but if we go the suggestion route, we need to make sure that there is a witness present mm-hmm. to hear him confess. So we need to figure out who that witness needs to be in order to change the process from a legal perspective. Someone powerful enough to absolve Aslo of his crimes, of his perceived crimes. Yeah. Yes, we need to, like, figure out the structure, right? The, yeah, like the magistrate or the baron or the duke or, or the king or whoever presides. Yeah, who would have that authority? I guess to the library or to the... <laughs> yeah, we need <laughs> to, to find out what, right, what the power structure is. Yeah, like you said. Wouldn't Aslo know something about that already, though? That's true. I know I did grow yeah. up in this continent. Yeah, make a knowledge local check. <laughs> make, make a memory check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, make a... History class check. Oh, wait, I forgot that it's Thane that actually calls for checks. Civics <laughs> class check. Yeah, civics class check. I mean, you were part of the legal system, sort of. Mm. I mean, you were thrown in jail. Okay, so. I that wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> so what you know is, at least down in Tiv, where you were imprisoned, the nobility there basically has the authority to just put whoever they want in prison without trial. There are also magistrates that will hold trials for people who are wanted for various crimes or other legal disputes. Most criminals go through that normal legal process. It's just, you know, the select ones that the nobles really dislike that bypass it. Hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Lord Grindelwald... Yep. Grunwald. <laughs> Grunwald is a noble. So, another thing maybe we talked about, I can't remember was to break into his house at night while he's alone sleeping in his chamber and wake him up and appeal to his better sensibilities that Aslo is innocent and we're going to prove who the guilty party is. So we're going to intimidate him into letting Aslo free? No, 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 I didn't intimidate him. Just say, like, hey, I am the, the guy who the authorities think killed your wife, but it wasn't actually me my routine was interfered with. I'm just saying, like, we're not going to waltz into his house in the middle of the day if he's got, like, guards around. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to get to get directly to him so that we can speak with him without any interference. Yeah, the question is, once we get to him, though, how, how would I convince him of the truth if he sincerely believes that I'm the one who killed her? Because why would you be in his house when he can just call his guards to come and detain you? You would have no reason to break in if you weren't innocent. Mm. Maybe we don't have to get Aslo to be, like, absolved. What if we just take over this part of the kingdom <laughs> and then turn them into Aslo's loyal subjects there you go. to power the crown? <laughs> use the crown. We talked about using the crown to liberate Waspel. Why couldn't we just use it here? To liberate all these people from the lie that I was the one who killed her. That's right. This also isn't a terribly neutral state, like Nenept, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do they have wars, Aslo? You guys do that? We probably had some wars, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dude, everybody has wars. Yeah, everyone's having wars now that the emperor's gone. Mm-hmm. Was the emperor emperor over... Did the emperor emp over Marengar as well? Yeah, he emped over everything. Okay. Yes, he, he controlled both continents. Uh, he was stationed in Ilthrod, but he still had sway over Marengar. Okay. You know what they say. <laughs> Mayor's gonna may, emperor's gonna emp. <laughs> yep. So what do we do first is the quest. We're not getting this scroll because it's gonna do us no good. 
Thanks, bye. We shut the door. <laughs> uh, so we do still have the confu- the suggestion route. Yep. And that's from the crown, right? Yes, from the crown. But again, we need a witness. Can I get a witness? Yeah, so, who, right, so Jay, you're right. Who's the witness? And we only get one shot yeah. per Brian resting. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, and there's a chance that he succeeds on the save. We have to make him super mega tired, and then he'll have disadvantage. <laughs> through sleep deprivation? Yeah, we sleep deprive Felmendar, <laughs> then bring him to the witness and make him do it at least with disadvantage. Yeah. When Tokus had suggestion cast on him, did he know it? Like, did he actually understand that he had been suggested until he made the save? You're talking about when that guy infiltrated? Yeah, like... What I'm wondering is, could we use a combination of the two approaches? Like, could Azo do, like, the crazed, jilted ex-lover, like, I'm going to kill Nalia, unless you confess in conjunction with the suggestion spell having been cast on Felmendar? Hmm. I think that's pretty complicated. Like, Nalia has to be in on it, otherwise well, yeah. he's putting his girlfriend a knife point. Well, we're, get, we're betting on her being in on it, right? Hmm. Like, we're betting on two things. We're betting on Nalia still loves Aslo, and Felmandar has actually fallen for Nalia and isn't just, like, marrying her for the... Out of spite or something? status, or, yeah, or to spite Aslo. Well, we know that she's in the show. Is there, like, some kind of detect love spell <laughs> so we can find out if Felmandar's actually in love or not? Do you love me? <laughs> what about potion of love? Love potion? No, that's to make someone fall in love. I'm just talking about, like, to, to know. I was just curious if those exist in d and I'm sure they do. <laughs> Probably. In some campaigns. Mm. Potion of love. As far as knowing if you're under the effects of the suggestion spell, it doesn't specify, but I think basically any trained caster or anyone who's really knowledgeable about, about magic might have a chance of figuring that out. Okay. They'd still be subject to it if they failed to save. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even if they failed to save... They would do it, but they would know that they were being forced to do it. Like, they would understand that, like, oh, no, I have no control over this because of a spell that's been cast on me. Yeah, potentially. Okay. Felmendar would probably suspect something was odd if he wants to do something that Aslo told him to do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Couldn't it be, like, one of those things where you, like, come to after you've done the deed kind of thing? Because it's, I mean, this is mind control, right? That's what this magic is. Yeah. 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 It's pretty intense magic. It could be. So that's why I'm sort of leaning towards appealing to his nature. I don't want to say human nature because he's an elf, but appealing to his mortal nature to motivate him. Yeah. Right? Rather than relying on magic. Yeah, I think that's the best course of action. I think the suggestion could be like a backup, maybe. Mm -hmm. And recognizing, too, that probably on sight of me, he's going to want to duke it out, I'm guessing. Yeah. If he does care about Nalia, then me having her at knife point might delay him. But otherwise, he might just be ready to, like, go straight to combat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, we keep thinking that we're going to be able to communicate with her sans Felmendar. Uh... How are we going to do that? Like, message? Like, what's, yeah. what's the plan there? Message is an option. It's going to take a good old-fashioned stakeout, Tokus. We're going to have to <laughs> keep an eye on the proceedings and figure out her schedule each day and uh, find a spot where we can talk to her. Yeah. Well, the real mission is, now that we know how we're going to get Felmendar to squeal, we got to find the witness. Mm. Mm. Who's it going to be? He's a performer. He has a touring show in which ostensibly hundreds of people are watching him 
So the best place to confront him is on stage in front of all those witnesses. <laughs> it's like a guaranteed there's going to be someone here, right? Like That's true. We're not going to like get him in a back alley with some random person we've decided is going to be our, our witness <laughs> or our, our notary public to say, yep. I definitely heard this because then Felmanar just kills that person. And right, right. But at the same time, don't we want to make sure that some of the attenders of the show have the level of authority to absolve him? Yes. Like, in other words, like we get we get a rumor that the king or queen is going to be going to the show on the such and such, right? <laughs> and or we invite Lord Grunwald. Maybe we don't even have to break into his house. We just send him a pair of tickets and say, "Hey, you're going to want to be here for this <laughs> oh, free tickets." Oh, nice. And then what could be more dramatic than? <laughs> Having a stage performance interrupted in front of hundreds of people. That's true. We'll lower Aslo down, like, from the scaffolds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With, like, these angel wings. And, like, he's, he's, like, dressed as, like, a ballerina pretending to be in the show. As, like, part of the, one of the extras. And then I rip off my ballerina mask at the last minute. <laughs> ballerina mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's brilliant. I think we invite Lord Grundlewald. We try to get him there to the show, even if he doesn't come, Grunwald, thank you. Yeah. Lord Grunwald, we invite him to the show. <laughs> even if he doesn't come, we, like you said, ostensibly have several hundred witnesses yes. who, like, you know, even if none of them are, you know, court officials or anything, if there's several hundred of them, that should be enough to sway any yeah. judge. Just so you know, like, that's a good place to propose, too. Some girls <laughs> like that. <laughs> right after I stab Felmandar in the heart, I'll turn around and propose. <laughs> Perfect. Um, that's, yeah, that's great. I give you Felmandar's heart. Wait, no. <laughs> that way, my heart. All right, the plan is set. All right. So let's... It's flawless. Let's head on down the river. Okay. We do so. You're taking the ferry to the next big town along the river, which is... I believe Merivere. It's about a three days ride, as I recall. <laughs> yes, you're traveling three days to Merivere, west and then south along the river, into the country of Ransdell. Just around the river bend. <laughs> All right, so six gold each for the ferry ride. Okay. Done. And with that, you arrive, some of you more seasick than others even though it's just a river, at the town of Merivere. The boat pulls up to the docks, and you disembark. And looking around, you notice that nearly all of the dock workers are elves. They're busily loading and unloading goods from a handful of other barges, and don't seem to be paying any attention to you. And you can see, just a little ways past the docks, there's the town wall that borders the rest of the town, separating the, the wharf from the town proper. Merivere is built in the middle of a forested area, the forest kind of getting deeper and thicker as you go farther away from the town, and even within the town itself, there are trees regularly interspersed among the buildings. Where would you like to go? Um, I think we can... So it was a three days ride, so we'd, we're probably ready for, uh, for a little R&R, right? Oh, yeah. So I think we head into town, approach the, uh, the gate in the wall, I guess. So you make your way towards the gate, and when you get there, two guards stop you. And one of them says, All visitors who wish to leave the wharf must first sign in and submit any weapons for binding. If you refuse, you're free to stay in the Outcast Inn until you find another ferry to take you on to your next destination. Oh, binding. Mm. Well, that sounds fun. What does that involve? You're asking through Aslo. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I assume that Aslo tells us we need to turn in our weapons to get in. Right. Wait, you want my weapons to get binded? 
Yeah, what does binding actually mean? Binding your weapons means that we will seal them, we will wrap them in ropes and such so that they cannot be used within the boundaries of the town. All foreigners must have weapons bound. But it's not like you're sending them off to another plane of existence. So all we can do is LARP, is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're refined to a future of only LARPing? That sounds terrible. (laughs) We walk through town and there's a bunch of people, like, smacking each other with pretend weapons. Throwing beanbags. Throwing beanbags, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's where my brain went to, Brian. Oh, it's such a great clip. Um, And I I whisper to Shaba in in not-native-tongue to this region. I can still get access to both of my bonded weapons. We'll be fine. I know you're awesome like that. You don't have to rub it in. <laughs> so we'll have we'll have two weapons, but there are three of us. All right, sweet. So that math doesn't add up. Okay. Maybe I can take off my bowstring and wear it as a belt, and then use my bow as a walking stick so they don't understand <laughs> that it's a bow. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows when you take the bowstring off, the bow just, like, straightens and becomes <laughs> a stick, right? Yeah, like a staff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it kind of does. That <laughs> They bend a little bit farther in the opposite direction. It's a typical longbow. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're taut. Taut like a tiger. Taut. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we do that. We try to disguise Shaba's bow as a, as a walking stick. <laughs> yeah, or do we, really even, <laughs> do we really even need to go into town? Can't we just go to this outcast place? I mean, they probably know some stuff. We're just trying to find out where Felmendar's show is headed, right? Yeah, and actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's do that. If we do go into town, can't, Tokus, can't you just bond to any two weapons? So you could do your main sword and Shaba's bow, and then if we need it, you, like, call Shaba's bow and hand it to him? It takes an hour to weapon bond, and I I Uh, mean, it means severing my previous bond. Okay. It's a very emotional bond. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) Yeah. I can tell. So when you bond, like, say they they wrap ropes around your sword blade, when you bond to it, if you call it to you, then that rope doesn't come along, right? It should just bring the weapon. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's being teleported right. to me. My sword, come to me. Yeah. So let's let's do the, um, the outcast in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we stop by there instead. All right, we, we do that huge thought bubble, and then we're just not going to get our weapons bonded. <laughs> nope. Thane's like, you guys. <laughs> it's entirely up to you. You can't stand us, can you? Yeah, I don't think this town really has anything in it that we want besides information. Very true. So you head back into the wharf towards the inn. Notice most of the structures here are built from wood and appear very old, but well-maintained all throughout this town. This town's probably been here for few hundred years at least, and a lot of these structures look like they've been around for most of that time. Mm. And here and there you even find buildings made from giant hollowed out tree stumps or ones that have still living trees incorporated into their framework. Mm. It's a very interesting sight. But at the Outcast Inn, there's nothing that special. It's just an old wooden structure, two levels. A few tables are in use by various patrons. Again, mostly elves here, but there are more humans and others than you've seen working around town. And the bartender greets you as you walk in and says, Welcome, outcasts. How can I help you? We would like to be outcasted. I don't know what he's saying. Go ahead, Aslo. <laughs> yes, I say, uh, many thanks. We are just looking for a drink, a bite of food, and a place to rest our weary... Uh, Tukuses. Perhaps we could pay for some rousing conversation as well. <laughs> Perhaps we don't need to pay for that, Shaba. <laughs> Perhaps we could put it on the company tab. <laughs> Perhaps not. 
<laughs> All right. Well, feel free to take a seat, and we'll have someone bring you your order shortly. What's he saying, Aslo? He says uh, he doesn't like the look of you. He says they don't serve your kind here. <laughs> they don't serve your kind here. <laughs> oh, okay. Stripey and I will wait outside. And then he also says, my friend doesn't like you either. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, he has a friend? I don't see anyone else around here. <sighs> yes, we go take our seats. How much is uh, just a regular meal and a drink around here? I should really bookmark this pricing. for. <laughs> yeah, what's the exchange rate from Ilthradian gold to Marangarian gold? Ooh. Are we fabulously wealthy now? <laughs> How many times have you had to look this up, Thane? Is that why you say you need a bookmark? Yeah. Like every time we've stayed at an inn, <laughs> prices. Yep. You should clearly have that on your DM screen, Thane. You should just have it memorized. <laughs> like a professional DM. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can get food and drink and a place to stay for a gold for each of you. Okay. That'll cover your meals and everything until tomorrow afternoon. All right. Let's do it. Pay gold each. All right, one gold. Uh, yep, one gold. Coming through. When the uh, server comes over, we'll ask them uh, if they know of any performances going on uh, in town or nearby town. Any traveling troops coming through? She says, uh, no, I haven't seen any anyone come by lately. I haven't heard any news either. We do get some shows every once in a while that drop on by. Yeah, is, is Merivir, um a pretty frequent stop for some of these bigger uh, shows, I was going to ask. We're a little bit out of the way, but we do get some. Usually about twice a year, actually. We get one come by, it's called, uh, what's its name again? Is it, is it Fell something? Oh, yes. Felmendar, yes. Felmendar's show drops by. Ah. Usually around early winter, early summer. Early winter, early summer, you say? That's from my memory, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I think I've heard of that one. That sounds familiar. It's late winter right now. Now it's late winter. Okay, gotcha. Oh, we just missed it, huh? Yeah. Shoot. Well, it's more like three months ago or so is when they came by. So he'll be back in another three months if you want to find a place in town to wait. But you look busier than that, so I don't imagine you'll be staying that long. We are busy folk. Um, do you know which direction they were traveling? We're, um, yeah, we're, we're just big fans. We, we'd really like to catch... Their, uh, their show again. I believe they usually come in on the south road and leave on the west one. I don't know exactly what areas they cover, but pretty broad swath, I'd imagine. And if you're looking to catch up to him, you might have better luck heading south and meeting him on his way somewhere else. I mean, if you just head west, then... I mean, he's already got a three-month head start on you. Who knows when you'd eventually find him. Mm, that's true. If his circuit is every six months, then... Uh, and he's got a three-month head start, then... He's halfway around his circuit, <laughs> which means that if we travel in the opposite direction, we'll catch him twice as fast. Where in the world is Felman Dandiagan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is what we're playing right now. It feels like it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, waitress. Um, you are you're really intelligent. Have you considered getting an education of any kind? Yeah, what's your charisma? Do you want to pledge fealty? <laughs> <laughs> would you, hey, by any chance, would you, um, do you want to pledge fealty to me? Like, it's cool. Would you accept me as your lord and master for the rest of your life? <laughs> 
everyone we talk to, we ask. Yeah, we're accepting <laughs> pledges of fealty, uh, special limited time <laughs> offer. <laughs> oh, dude, we should set up like a phone-a-thon where we call people to ask for their pledges. Or just like a lemonade stand of fealty, <laughs> just like <laughs> by the side of the road as people come by. Excuse it only me? costs you five cents. Yeah, would you like to buy some fealty? Wait, isn't it the other way around? You're trying to buy their fealty. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. But we're going to get them to pay but us that, for it's it. All, yeah, it's all in the sales pitch thing. We can pitch it in such a way that they pay us for their fealty. People will buy anything these days, let me tell you. <laughs> the less they understand about it, the more they're willing to pay, generally speaking. As a matter uh, of fact, I'm training myself. My father doesn't want me going off too far, but I'm working here in the meantime while I finish my training should only be another 30 or 40 years. <laughs> what, are you going to become a spinster? <laughs> what was that? Sorry. Nothing. I don't understand what you're saying, so I can't make jokes like that. I asked what she's training to be, a spinster? Isn't that someone who spins yarn or something? That's like an old lady who is <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. I, know. <laughs> I mean, she's an elf, so another 30 or 40 years of training before she goes off for her real vocation. It's nothing. Wow. <laughs> Man. Man. What, yeah, what is, what is going to take 30 or 40 years of training? I want to become a master seamstress. Eventually. Wow. Okay, so you're going to be a spinster. <laughs> All right. Make tapestries for the king and queen. Ah. Wow. That is my ultimate wish, but who knows? It could be hundreds of years before that happens. Yeah. I wish I were part of this conversation. It sounds really interesting. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. You should try it sometime. Um. I, I open my book of Merengian phrases and, and keep studying. <laughs> All right, so I think that tells us what we need to know, and we would be able to sort of figure out what towns nearby would would most likely be on that circuit if if he if we know that he goes northwest ish and then circles back around from the southeast, we could probably figure that out, right? Uh, well, you know, he comes in on the south road, leaves on the west road. So if you headed south along that road, you'd probably run into another place where he stops by, or at least passes through. I had uh, mentioned buying a map before we left. Can I get a map of, like, this general area? Yeah, you can get a rough map. Uh, as well, have I mentioned that I'm a ranger never in danger? That's true. You're right. You have the continent of uh, Marengar memorized, right? <laughs> I do. Okay, good. All right. No, Forget just, it, thing. I'm just kidding. I don't even know that you're asking about that, because <laughs> I can't speak the language, so... No, uh, having a map would be good. What would also be good, out of character since I can't understand what's going on, is to ask the waitress what are the large towns, the other large towns that are nearby mm. to the south. What other uh, large towns are nearby um, going in that direction? Uh, the nearest town is probably about three or four days away. It's Masnalim. Masnalim? You'll find Sulchea down there and Luskash. Uh, one thing that you do know, having lived on this continent, is that most of these towns are going to be on the medium to larger side, and there aren't very many small towns in Marengar, because generally speaking, traveling very far in small groups or being alone by yourself out in the wilderness is very dangerous. Mm. Monsters tend to attack small groups, particularly if they stray too far from the main roads or the rivers. 
There will be a handful of larger towns scattered around every few days travel rather than what you're used to, which is, you know, every day there's some small village. Yeah, yeah, okay. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So stay on the beaten path. Yeah. This is the general advice. And Marengar as a whole is just the less tame continent than Elthrod ever was. Mm. Have we noticed increased uh, fortifications in the towns and cities that we've seen? I mean, I guess we've only seen two so far, but... Both of them have city walls. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, let's hop on another ferry and blow this popsicle stand. Yeah, how far is Masnalim? You said it's about three days south of here on the road. Well, you could follow the river for a ways, but then the river bends east, and then you'd have to get break off of it if you wanted to go to Masnalim. Or you could just follow the road the whole way. Okay. So the river kind of bends its way south and then suddenly turns and goes out east, and you're saying that Masnalim is south of that bend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then I propose we take the ferry down the river and then hop off at that uh, junction. What do you guys say? I've relayed everything to you. Yeah, for sure. Let's get on a boat. All right. I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat. Uh, we f- uh, finish our food, we rest for the night, and then we head out in the morning. I got my flippy floppies. I'm flipping burgers here at Kinko's. Straight flipping, flipping copies. copies. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the world. We're going to do the whole song now, I guess. Poseidon, look at me. <laughs> and of course, Thane has no idea what we're talking about. Nope. <laughs> Andy Sandberg. Yeah. The Lonely Island. Thane's heart is far too pure. That's right. <laughs> now you have me worried. <laughs> Just a funny song with some very choice language. Yeah, yeah and references. <laughs> yeah. And T-Pain. Uh-huh. And T-Pain. <laughs> so you'll want to ride the ferry about a day and a half and then get off there. And for that, the river becomes less navigable as you go farther that direction, so it costs a little bit more to keep on traveling. You're going to have to pay five gold each just to make it up that far. Ooh, for a day and a half. Wow. Wow. So. Five gold each, okay? Five gold. We'll do what it takes. Yeah. You know what I'm getting an inkling of? Like, I feel like we're playing Oregon Trail for a little bit here. Yeah, right? (laughs) Going out into the Your uncle died of dysentery. That's right. Yep. Tokus, I think you're going to be the one to die of dysentery, I hate to tell you. (laughs) Hopefully Stripey doesn't die of a snake bite. Mm. There's a snake in my boot. (laughs) I was thinking badgers and snakes. Badgers and snakes, yeah. Mortal enemies. Isn't that, uh, what is it, we- weasels and snakes? Uh, mongoose. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mongoose? Mongooses and snakes. Yeah. Mongoose. Mongoose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for correcting us, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we, uh, we pay up our gold and we head down the river. Yep. And, yeah, it is winding around quite a bit, making many turns and kind of slow going, but after a couple of days you reach the bend where you want to be let off, and the person who's been taking you this far looks a little bit confused, but like, alright, here's your stop, I suppose. Be careful out there in the forest. <laughs> yeah. So there's no real dock or anything, they just kind of pull up to the bank and let us hop off? Yeah, well, they'll, they let down a little skiff and ferry you over to the shore. Okay. As will you ask them if they can point us toward the direction of the nearest town that we're headed to? Can you please point us in the town of Masnalim? Uh, that'll be south of here, just over a day if you're lucky. You might want to head a little ways west first, hit the road, and then go south from there. Okay. Uh, road sounds good. That does sound safer. Yeah, we'll take the road most traveled by. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you be careful out there. All right. 
I don't know what you just said, but thanks for the ride. <laughs> hey, Aslo, translate this. <clears throat> May the shoulder of the Ramlord be always at your back. I say, have a nice day. <laughs> thanks, Aslo. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go. <laughs> I have no idea. That's great. <laughs> Man, doesn't it feel good to spread the news of the Ramlord, Chava? Uh, it does, ah, to these unreached so people. Does. Yeah, to the unreached people groups of... Uh, of Marengar, man, <laughs> we've been Aslo's been translating for me this whole trip. He's been telling mm. all these people, everyone we've met, about the glory of the Ram all Lord. these different stories about the Ram Lord. Yeah, yeah. Mm. every day, <laughs> all yeah. the time. I've recounted tales of the Ram Lord, and I'm like just talking about it. And Aslo's like, so my friend here is kind of an idiot, but he's saying it all <laughs> in Marengar. It's like it. <laughs> I thought Marengi. it was Marengi. Marengi. Yeah, yeah Marengi. Yeah. yeah, Shaba just really wants to share how awesome the Ram Lord is. Mm-hmm. So does Aslo, you know? If it weren't for Aslo, man, I wouldn't wouldn't be able to reach out to people in such a profound way. Yeah. Such a life-changing way. You've had hundreds of converts already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is just such an area devoid of, of Goliath and the Ram Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So somebody's got to do the good work of the Ram Lord. That's right. <laughs> okay. Enough, enough of that. Enough. All right. All right. Enough of that. So you head off west. This is very thick forest here. So you're pushing your way through the underbrush, cutting through the trees and vines as you go. As you're traveling, it's been maybe 45 minutes or so. I take out my bow when you start saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I think you probably have your weapons out to begin with, knowing what you know about the area. I take it extra out when you say that. In between the rustling of your own footsteps, you hear a bubbling sound coming from somewhere off to the right. It's like a Mm. gurgling, bubbling, boiling sound. Mm. Quicksand. Why does it always have to be quicksand? Shava, quick, run over there and see if it's quicksand. (laughs) All right, guys, I'll be right back. And I just dart (laughs) off into the woods toward the sound. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I use my rangery skills to be stealthy and track. You track the bubbles? All right. I track the bubbles. And, man... I'll tell you, history repeats itself. I rolled a two, so Mm. my ranger skills come in handy once again. (laughs) I rolled a two, so that's an eight on my stealth check to go investigate. Give me a perception check also. Okay. Mm, That's never a good sign. (laughs) That one was better. That's a 15. You're heading off into the woods, and you quickly lose sight of your companions, even though they're only maybe 20 or 30 feet behind you. Um... Hmm, how far do I want to go away? Not very far. Well, as you get about that far away, the boiling sound is a little bit louder, and it does sound like something boiling, like a boiling pot of water or something similar. Okay. And you also can make out a strange mixture of scents. Smells like animals, animal fur or sweat or something, and something that smells good, like spices or Mm. something. Do I hear the sound of a crackling fire? Does it smell at all like wood fire? Actually, yes, when you pay attention, you can hear, I guess you would have noticed that earlier, you can hear the sound of crackling, and you, you think you can smell some wood burning. Okay. Mm. Smells aren't coming straight at you, so it's not the strongest. What about Stripey's uh, sm- sense of smell? Yeah, this, yeah, Stripey's smell check would probably... I believe he has advantage. He does. Stripey makes a, a smell check with advantage. Uh, he didn't do super great. An 11. Whether he smells something or not, he can't 
tell you. So, Does he smell anything that he doesn't like? He seems on guard. Okay. I go back to my companions and I report what I have found, except I take out my Merengian phrasebook and report it to them in Merengian because I've been practicing. <laughs> so it takes a while. It comes out a little garbled. Three hours later. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for telling us that. Right, you're, you're done, right? Uh, yes. I said there's... I meant to say there's someone boiling a pot of stew or something over there. But I actually said there's a cow in the donkey's eye. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said it wrong. Get it? Because it was in Merengue. <laughs> I did understand how poorly that was constructed, yes. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, yeah, so there's someone cooking something over there. Okay. All right, um, we should probably get a closer look, right? Yeah, I think so. Shaba, why don't you lead the way? Do you want to uh, cast Pass Without Trace on us? I would love to do that. Okay. I cast said spell. Congratulations, everyone. Plus 10 <laughs> stealth, sweet. Yep. That way, maybe we're not quite as bad at stealthing. Mm-hmm. And we'll still let you go up ahead, but we'll follow closer behind this time. Okay. I will get 25 feet ahead of them, and we will all stealth slowly. Okay. Everyone roll stealth checks again. That's going to be a 29 for Shab. 26 for Tokus. That's a 30 for Aslo. 28 for Stripey. Is that with disadvantage? I have disadvantage on these <laughs> types of rolls. By the way, you have disadvantage. I'm so happy that I have so much armor class, let me tell you guys. <laughs> um, oh, I rolled better that time. Nice. So, that's my low. All right. So, 26 was the lowest? Yes. And actually, that should be 27, right? Because I have a plus one dex. It's whatever your stealth modifier is. Yeah, your stealth skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually rolled 27 and then... I rolled a 19 on the d20, so 30 and 27 for Tokus. Sick. It's insane. I've never been so sneaky <laughs> this whole campaign. All right, so 27, 28, and 29, and... 30. 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's an impressive spread. All right. <laughs> or impressive clustering, I guess. Nice work, guys. <laughs> we roll really high when it doesn't matter so much. That's what I've learned. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you creep your way over towards the sound... Inching your way through the brush, trying to be as quiet as possible. Shaba, you're the first to actually be able to see something. A very small clearing. It's not like, not an area that was naturally cleared, but it looks like maybe some brush was cut out here just recently. With a large cauldron in the middle of it that is set up with some substance boiling inside. Fires under it, but it's not like a roaring bonfire. It's just a gentle boil right now. And you can see a couple of felled logs surrounding this cauldron. And you don't see anyone sitting on the logs. But what you do see is a horse tied up against a tree on the opposite side of the clearing. And with your ranger skills, you can tell that there have been quite a few footprints here. Mm. Non-human footprints around this cauldron. A horse tied up against a tree? Like not, it's not lashed to the tree? <laughs> or it's just tethered to the tree? It's tethered very closely to the tree. Okay. <laughs> but I don't see anyone around. No. Guys, we might have ourselves here a free dinner. Tokus tastes the stew. I've heard there's no such thing as a free lunch, but uh, I imagine the same is true of dinners. Uh, I'll <laughs> wait in the underbrush and listen for a short while to see if I hear any 
voices or sounds of movement or underbrush being rustled. You pause for a minute, and as you're standing there watching and listening... Oh, no, I'm not standing. I'm crouched in the underbrush. As you are staying there, (laughs) crouched down listening, you hear something rustle a short distance off to your right in the woods, and you turn over and you can see just momentarily a glimpse of some furry beast walking behind a tree Mm. about ten feet away. You found Sasquatch. I didn't realize that Sasquatch was such an equestrian. I don't think the horse is meant for riding by the Sasquatch. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll continue to wait. Okay. Did we figure out what the content of the soup or stew, what's in the pot no, was? No, like, we're not close enough. I'm, oh. Yeah, we're not like actually sitting there in front of it. We're, we haven't even... I've motioned you guys to hold where you are, okay. which is 25 feet back from me, so I'm like right at the edge of the clearing looking at the pot i mean it could be fruitful to know if it's man flesh sure that's true uh it did, did smell good though to shaba yeah and as far as i know human doesn't smell that good but what do i know i've never <laughs> cooked a human before <laughs> so um yeah i mean whatever's cooking in there it's being cooked by someone who theoretically is going to want to eat it at some point so i continue <laughs> to wait Okay. You wait about 30 seconds longer, and then I guess you're keeping your eye on where you saw that one thing move before? Sure. All of a sudden, you see some large creature emerge from behind the tree moving towards you, and you hear others coming from other trees nearby. And it sounds like they surrounded you. Perhaps they were lying in wait for you this whole time. Oh. Seems like you walked into a trap of some kind. Well, lying huh. in wait for us. How did they know we were coming? Yeah. Well, Shaba did roll a 10 on his first stealth check. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I rolled an 8 on my first stealth check. Oh, yeah, he rolled an 8. That's right. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, and that was before we passed without Trace, wasn't it? Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh, yep. no. Well, sorry, guys. So you see now many of these tall creatures that look... Actually, you've seen these before, but not living. These are hyena men. Or gnolls oh. bursting out of the forest and running towards you. We're about to rock and knoll, boys. <laughs> it's time to go knolling. I roll initiative. All right, everyone, roll initiative. All right, initiative. initiative. All right. Tokus is going on a twelve. Shaba is on a twenty-one, and Stripers is on an eight. Aslo got a gentleman's twenty-three. Wow. Is that? Is that a 20? That was a 19. That's pretty good. Natty 19 plus a few extras. All right, so as though you're first, you're not sure if this is all of the enemies because it's a very dense forest and it's hard to count. You can see, you think, half a dozen of these gnolls, and actually you also see four giant wolf-like creatures. Mm. Oh, yikes, dude. Huh. They're coming at you from both sides. Okay, so Tokus and I are 25 feet back from where Shaba is, but they've surrounded us back in the woods, not in the clearing. Yeah, they're basically, it looks like they kind of filed out and are making this wide pincer attack on all of you. Okay. The nearest one to you is about 20 feet away. There's about 10 to 15 feet between each of them. All right, then I think I would like to cast Hypnotic Pattern. So I'll turn to whichever group I can hit the most of on my left, we'll say, and try to get at least two, maybe three in a Hypnotic Pattern. Okay, what's the area on that? 30-foot cube. Yeah, if you turn it diagonally, 
you can hit probably all three of the knolls on that side that you can see. I do the, the video game thing where like the transparent cube is hovering in the air and I kind of like rotate it just right and then mm-hmm. boom, drop it into place. <laughs> Bling. So wait, these knolls, are, they're not the wolf creatures though that you're hypnoticing, right? Uh, one of them will also be in their range. Okay. So I'll make wisdom saves. I like how seriously you're taking this fight, Brian. Knolls are pretty nasty. They're not to be trifled with. I should know because I was one once. <laughs> yeah, he's not kidding. That was a previous campaign, right? Yeah. You got reincarnated. Reincarn- that time I got reincarnated as a knoll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured Thane would find that funny. He's he's over there smiling. Well, I definitely get the reference. Yeah. yeah. It was for you and our listeners. That's the name of the new hit movie, The Time I Got Reincarnated as a Knoll. Based on a best-selling memoir. No, it's 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 an anime. Oh, okay. So you cast your hypnotic pattern, dazzling lights fill up the forest off to your left, and you see two of the gnolls are entranced, nice. as is the one wolf, I'm just going to say it, the one warg. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay, I figured. Not mm. as much. <laughs> Those wargs. Yeah, there's not much point in hiding it, so the other two seem unaffected. Okay. And then bonus action, I will turn to Tokus. I put my hand on his shoulder and I say, Tokus, never stop trying to exceed your limits. The rest of us need the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's kind of like half a bardic. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those underhanded sort of you think it's a compliment, but it's really not. Thanks for that. Hey, anytime. I think. <laughs> All right, shove his turn. Can I get somewhere to line two or more of them up? Uh, if you ran through the woods, I don't think you'd get a clear line of sight to more than two of them. That's kind of what I was thinking, is I'd only be able to get two max, like, just by getting between two of them. Do you think it's worth using a lightning shot to just hit two? Well, these guys are coming at us, so I think I'm going to go ahead and just cast Zephyr Strike as a bonus action. That's my new spell. Ooh. Zephyr Strike. Yes. Why don't you tell us about Zephyr Strike, Jay? Well, Zephyr Strike is a concentration spell that lasts up to one minute, which in this case is ten rounds. And in those ten rounds, my movement does not provoke opportunity attacks. Ooh. So if anybody rolls up on me, I can five foot step away and shoot them. Uh, I can invent my own five foot step for fifth edition. Uh, <laughs> but more than that, one time before that spell ends, I can gain advantage on a weapon attack. And if I do, whether I hit or miss, I get 30 feet of extra movement that turn. Nice. So I'm going to just take aim and shoot at a dude that I can see. Not a patterned guy. I shouldn't hit them, right, because that'll snap them out of it. Correct. Exactly. All right, so I'll hit someone who's close to me, who looks like they're, like, maybe one of the closest guys to me. Can I do that thing? Yeah, we've had this conversation, Shaba. Remember. Don't hit the creature who's been hypnotic pattern. Hypnotic pattern. Yep, we've yeah. learned. We've learned from our mistakes, at least theoretically. All right. So the one cl- closest on your right is still up. Hasn't been targeted. Okay. Uh, Seventeen to hit. That hits. All right. Uh, for nine. All right. And should I reap? It's hard to. And it's hard to visualize where everybody is. I'm wondering if I should reposition myself. Should I like fall back to where Tokus is so I can fire over your shoulder? Tokus, would that be beneficial? I mean, I'd, I'd love to protect you. I could also give you covering fire as you advance. Um, yeah, I think I'll fall back behind Tokus. Yeah, that's a good call. Now, where do I send Stripey is the question. 
probably onto the front lines, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I could either send him over to that guy that I just shot to attack him, or I could send him over to Aslo to f- be potentially flanking with you at some point in the future. Yeah, I like that. I like the second one. Okay. I'm assuming it's Stripey's turn next, right? Um, didn't you say Stripey had a low initiative? Oh, yeah, that's right. His roll was the low one, so never mind. Um, okay, I guess I don't have to worry about that at the moment. So Stripey is, like, where I was. He's still sitting there. So next is Tokus. So the group that Aslo didn't go for the hypnotic pattern on, that's the group to our right? Yeah, so the the two that you caught, the two nulls that you caught, were the farther forward ones, which were actually closer to Shaba on the left. And then you got the warg, or one of the wargs that was next to them. The closest one on your left was not affected by it, and then there's also two others that you can see pretty close on your right. So there's not really any. They're pretty spread out the way you're describing them. They're not clustered. At the moment, yeah. Dig it. Until they get up and melee with us. Some of them are wielding spears. Some of them have bows, long bows. This is a lot of enemies, and I don't know if Tokus would know anything about wargs versus gnolls as far as which is scarier. I'm guessing my player logic tells me if there are more gnolls than wargs, then wargs are scarier than gnolls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Metagaming, for sure. Yes. Well, is there a warg I can get into melee combat with? Yeah, you could reach one either on your left or your right. Mm. You walked the full 25 feet. Okay. However, that said, if we do think wargs are stronger, which I'm not so sure that they are, it would make sense to try to knock out clear out more the gnolls. weaker enemies. Yeah. Yeah. So you think it should clear out the gnolls? But I actually don't know. I'm not sure if wargs are, are stronger than gnolls. Well, Tokus would certainly not know. I want to move to the most menacing-looking enemy, gnoll or warg. <laughs> I have no partiality here. That is closest to getting into combat with Aslo. Yeah, I would like to make a nature check to see if I know which has more hit points. <laughs> <laughs> Which has a higher damage output. Dang it, I rolled another two. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Wow. So take me to that enemy. Don't forget, listeners, this is theater of the mind. Yep. So I don't have a game board. And plus we're in a dense forest jungle-ish type thing, so it makes it even more obscure where everything is. Yeah. I did hit that one knoll for nine, Tokus, so like... Did you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right, you did. I don't know how far away he is from you. Yeah, could I go after the one that Chaba's already wounded? Can I get into melee? Uh, that's like the farthest one because he, you were up front and shooting off to the right. And he's all the way in the back. Yeah, okay, so scratch that. Maybe I don't need to get into melee. Oh. Maybe I should just shoot the one that you already shot. Dude, firebolt it. Maybe it's time for something a little stronger. And Tokus shows oh. you the new and improved modified file pult. And you notice it's got like a new attachment It's like a salvo It's like there's multiple Like instead of like one flinger It's like there's like side flingers (laughs) Oh my god, Dude you have side flingers Dude look at those flingers So jelly So like it could fire multiple simultaneously Wow And I will cast the equivalent of Scorching Ray Dang Nice But it's not actually Scorching Ray we're flavoring it to be techno magic, but yes, it's scorching ray. Oh, okay, awesome. Here we go. Sweet. So wait, I should just grab three d20s, right? Sure. We're making three attack rolls all against the same one. Yeah, because they're separate. They're separate attack rolls each scorch. Okay. Yeah. Each scorch. Each scorchy scorch. That's right. Do you want to hex first? Uh, I can't cast two spells in a turn. Ah, mm-hmm. got it. Unless 
I blow all my stuff this turn. Mm. And no, I think even if I action surge, I, no, I could if I surged. Technically, you can't because hex is a bonus action. Mm. And if you cast a bonus action spell, it shuts off all your other spells. Uh. That's the rule as it is weirdly written. Mm. Yeah, we don't we don't need to go crazy. Yes, the temptation is to combo. Well, we we'll talk about it later. Brian is aware of sweetness, sweet sweet synergy. I mean, we <laughs> could, we could set up for that. I could spend a turn just like moving and hexing things. But one one issue with this combo strat is scorching ray is a ranged attack. So if I get in a melee with these dudes, I'll have disadvantage. So it's not completely synergistic. Mm. So I'm often melee combat. Anyway, let's shoot this guy before I do get into melee combat. Here we go. Just love rolling all these dice. <laughs> Sweet. I feel like a real spellcaster. So that's a crit. Nice. Whoa, this is a crazy roll. How is this possible? A 20, a 19, and an 18. Wow. Ooh. That's nuts. We're all about clustering our numbers tonight. <laughs> wow. Close shot group. Yeah, you basically just fired a shotgun at them. <laughs> so did I tell you guys that I bought this? So this is Ooh. fireball in a can, like they're it's scorching it's ray the, dice. Yeah, I mean I'm using it for scorching ray, but it's, oh, they're all all three d sixes. Yeah, so it's eight d six for a fireball. Eight fire dice. And they're fire dice. Nice, nice, and they're orange, orange clear yellow. acrylic. Yeah. Ooh. Nice and flamey. <laughs> oh, yeah. So cool. Yeah. So here we go. So double the dice for the crit first. Right. So I roll four d six for the crit. <laughs> Yep. This guy's dead. This is overkill. Actually, wait a second. I should have rolled them separate, shouldn't I, Thane? That's what you were thinking about, wasn't it? If you kill it early, then I'll just let you redirect your next attack. Okay, but but normally I'm supposed to roll them separate, right? Because they could have different armor classes. Well, they likely all have the same armor class. But if they had different armor classes, then technically me shortcutting is wrong. Mm. There we go. Yeah, but shortcutting is generally a good thing. Okay, um, nine. Okay, not bad, not bad. 13 damage so far from the crit. Should I fire another one at him? Yeah, it'll take more than that. Okay, here we go. Two more d6s. All right, another eight damage. Not bad, a six and a two. Sweet. Hey, it's still standing. Still standing? What? (laughs) Maybe I should have been patient and tried to combo the hex with this. All right, here we go. And another measly five. Five is enough there. So with the one arrow through its chest and then suddenly three flaming balls of flame whatever sort of napalm you throw at it yeah <laughs> erupt all over its fur and it combusts and screams with its hyena howl yes before collapsing onto the forest floor <laughs> nice <laughs> 